Hi, I'm Alex, and I am super duper. You are totally. I oh totally agree with this. He's, he's Absolutely. Keep and wait, who are the rest of you? <laughs> well, this is your show today. Oh, okay. Totally. This is the Super Alex show. We're just oh, here finally. for support. <laughs> the controlling power. And then we will dominate the conversation, through right, my Doc? Veins. Absolutely. Right. This is what they do. Like they sets me up and then interrupts me the whole time. Failure is imminent. <laughs> uh oh. All right, so I am the junkie again. You can be the junkie, then that makes me natural. Naturally ninja. The natural uh, ninja doctor. You, yes, ninja right. doctor. That's Dr. Dennis. And we are the supernatural the <laughs> junkies. <laughs> wow. Woo-hoo. Hey, folks, it's Dr. Dennis from Supernatural Junkies. I just want to talk to you today about Protanum. I've been taking Protanum for a few years, and you know what? I feel a difference. I am younger than my age. At least I think I am. Anyway, Protandum is a strong antioxidant producer in your body because what it does, it causes your body to increase its glutathione production. And glutathione, folks, is the strongest antioxidant your body has. So if you want to keep strong antioxidants in your body and be a healthier you, I suggest you use Protandum. Good morning, everyone. Welcome, or afternoon, wherever you are. Welcome to Supernatural Junkies. This is Alex, and here with Dr. Dennis and Dr. Kevin, as usual, the usual suspects. We're here again. Yes, and totally sus. I love Dr. Dennis's voice today. He's so raspy. He's got a little cold or something. I better put on my mask, Alex. I got it. Three masks here, too. He's trying to share his billions of viruses with us. Nice. No. I'm on the mend. On the mend. A little little bronchitis. Exactly. Just a little, you know, step in the cog. Yeah, so he's yeah, just going to be a little right. raspier than usual. He's going to put on his Demi Moore voice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love those raspy. Oh, yeah, that raspy voice you got there. That's right. I love my raspy singers. <laughs> it's true, I do. Especially women uh, raspy singers. I really like okay. That's great. If I start choking, I'll just I try to get up you. and get away from the she microphone. She loves it for me. Yeah, I do. I love that for you. I like Adele. Beautiful voice. Yes. Adele's mm-hmm. amazing. Hey, yeah, look, I, I still think Enya's kind of good. She's so, kind of strange, though, I think. She who, hangs out with some strange people. Does she? I don't, I'm I don't sure know. I'm sure she does. I didn't. I have to be honest. This last album, not a huge fan. Oh, no. I only like the first album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first three. And this, I, maybe it's been, I don't know. Anyway, I didn't enjoy this album. Just saying. She's incredibly talented, but. How did we get there? I don't know. Kevin and his raspy voice. Your raspy voice. My raspy voice. <laughs> Where are we going today, Doc? To me more. Well, we are in a series. We're starting a new series? We didn't even know we started it. Oh, last wow. week Are you we, serious? We are serious. We're going to be we, very serial. So, 
So last week we <laughs> called it canonical or canonical. We called it the handwriting on the wall. Yeah. But that's yeah. only because meanie meanie tickle you farson was just not a word people understand. Meanie <laughs> 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 meanie tickle who's farson? Come on, don't make me laugh. I'll start don't choking me. over you. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's a lot of words. So, so if you're a biblical person, then you know that this was something that was written on the wall in Babylon. Mm-hmm. Literally right before they were taken. What over. was it? Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. And that's where we get that saying from. <laughs> yeah. so, and it really was that. Let the that Babylonian go. That's right. And remember, you know, we're still. Almost spit out my chai. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Doctor Dennis. Well, and the reason that's important is because all of the world governments that would real, rule the world um, until Christ comes back were going to be some type that would fall in Babylon shoes. It was the mm-hmm. head of gold, and we, we're, mm-hmm. we're seeing this beast government come into the world. But it's also partly iron, partly clay, and it's the feet, right. the legs that have come together. And uh, so it's the only one that has these mixed, um, mixed media, if you will. Mm-hmm. So we know that there's going to be some correlation to what we see. So the fact that Babylon was taken down in the same way, that's where we get the word, mm-hmm. the handwriting is on the wall. And this is why yeah. we Eeny, meeny, tiki, farson. That's right. Almost. <laughs> that's she's, good. She's really getting there. <laughs> she's going to have day. it down in a minute. Eeny, meeny, take my mask off. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh, my Which one? <laughs> Put some bump. But I'm bump. So. Um, <laughs> it's making me spit my chai out this morning. Like, you got, what do was, you want, Dennis? She <laughs> was putting ghost pepper in her chai this oh, my morning. Gosh. And I was like, that's it's some hot. spicy chai. I say, like, it's, it's hot good. chai. And like. Wow. Um, but it's no, that's cold. not hot. That's smoke. I know my tongue is burning right now, and that's a good, I don't know. It feels nice. I don't. It's on fire. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, she didn't this get that at any shop. <laughs> exactly, she didn't get it at a shop. It's not. It's homegrown. <laughs> so, <Yeah. Okay. laughs> anyway, so I you like know, spicy. believe it or not, um, one of the things that really got me teaching Bible prophecy was. A book called The Harbingers. Mm. And you remember how we started listening to that, baby? Shaka Khan. No, Jonathan Khan. <laughs> Jonathan um, Khan. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. How did we start listening to him? <laughs> um, I don't remember. I remember coming saying, I, I started listening to it. And of course, he did it an audible version and he wrote it like a novel. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. like a fiction novel. And, really and basically, there's this guy and he kind of meets this mysterious man that we end up finding out later is clearly must be some kind of angel because mm-hmm. he, he's leading him on this discovery. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very interesting, it's very entertaining. Uh, he wasn't able to do that um, in, with a harbinger too because he gets right more into the facts of it all. Mm. But it was very inter- interesting, and uh, so I remember coming home with my wife and say, "Hey, would you like? Uh, how about we listen to this thing? We're just going to do it one time. If you don't like it, you know, we'd have to listen to it again. But I'll rub your feet the whole time, right?" And my <laughs> wife heard, "Blah blah blah, rub your feet." Wow. <laughs> yep, and I was like, "Okay, right to her in. heart." And <laughs> I read the book too, though. She did, and and so that's how good it was. So okay. I mean, you know, good. she got, she really did enjoy it, and. Yep. Uh, because there's seven harbingers that tell them what the harbingers represent. Well, I mean, there's a total of, of seven here, but there's nine overall. But the other thing is, uh, I did get to meet Jonathan Kahn. And of course, I taught yes. that at quite a few churches in the area. Mm. And when I got to meet Jonathan Kahn, I knew there was a reason Kahn. we loved him. He's another short guy, Dennis. No, he's like us. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Yes, short guy's rule. Oh, well, he came to our church and spoke at one point, which was Oh, he did? Great. Yes, yep. but what I remember most about that, and it, he's, it was fascinating, of course, because I mean, we'll get into it in this episode, but um, 
is his he must have been delayed traffic must have been delayed so they sang david they, danced yeah they just kept singing for like 45 minutes but david it seemed danced. like it was one song oh, really? no it it was it, it, and they they had a whole dance with them. but and i think they just kept going he's still not here keep it going so I was like, wow. does David this have a Red a, Bull? This What's was, going on? How could David dance for that long? Yeah. And this was a Baptist church that they were singing about David dancing. Oh, right? for like oh, at least really? an yes. hour. Wow. David danced yep. for an hour. I was like, David is a super I don't remember seeing the pastor hero. there that particular day, but you know. <laughs> yeah, David danced oh, he wasn't? Really, no, really but it was time. a really good. It was, it was a, great. It was great. It was just that his. I think his plane got in late, and I think traffic had him held up. Well, you know, the traffic hour. around here. Yeah. yeah, and so David had to dance for a really long time. Yeah, he I was, was like, break dancing. Go, David. <laughs> David so, had a few Red Bulls. Go on. So, you know, I'm just going to tell you right away that Jonathan Kahn, if I was to say one guy may be a modern prophet, I would say he's the guy. Wow. And the reason why I would say that, it's not just this book. It's so many. It's The Harbinger 2. We'll yeah. talk about some other books that he's written. But there's something about a Jewish messianic rabbi. I remember when somebody said, "You want? we want you to teach this. And I thought, let me get this straight. You want me to teach something that a messianic Jewish rabbi got? Because wow. I, I still have trouble believing that he put all this together. And his mind does not work like like my mind works. Mm-hmm. He sees connections that you just can't see yourself. Mm-hmm. And understanding that that Jewish culture, you start to see the reasoning behind this. And this is going to come out mm-hmm. as we go through this. So as we talk about this, he starts this off. Is there a mystery that holds the key to everything? And I think that he's on to something here. Because as you really look at, at Scripture, you look at the history of the people, you look at the history of Israel, you're really talking about your own life, your own history, the history of the world. We can see that the governments that follow God, uh, they do well. Right. right. And, and when they, you know, again, you can see the winner, right? He's on the, on the stand and uh, he celebrates too much. He starts to get full of himself and you just start to see the decline. Well, yeah, you think about that. You think about um, in Deuteronomy, the blessings and the curses. I think it's very cyclical for Israel, especially in the Old Testament, right? And yes. it has for also throughout history. Because when you follow agree. God, you have the blessings. And when you turn when you turn your back and walk away from God, you have the curses. Yes. And, and, and it's true personally, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. not just Israel. It's the people. The it's Bible. people. Yeah, sure. You mm-hmm. know, you look at David. Right? Mm-hmm. He's the man Cousin. who brought them in to, you know, obtaining all of the promised land that they were actually promised. He's right. the guy who did it. Right. It wasn't the previous generations. It wasn't Joshua. It wasn't Caleb. Right. 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 And so they were still supposed to take all the way up to the Euphrates River. Right. David made it happen. And when that happened, of course, happened to be a battle he stayed home for. <laughs> and of course, we know what happened. After. Mm. We know what happened after so that. Get in trouble, right? Mm-hmm. So you see, this is human nature that we're talking about here. That when we have godly things happen in our lives, mm-hmm. we can get confused, mm-hmm. and we start to think that we're God. Mm. And Paul had the same problem. He said, because of the abundance of the revelations, mm-hmm. that was giving something. He, he had some something that bothered him in his flesh. Yeah, that thorn in his flesh. And this thorn, whatever it was, also seemed mm-hmm. to be connected to sin because there's only one reason why you need grace. Right. With you sin. need grace because we are all sinners and we were all saved by grace. Right. And then that's where Paul says to, to God Thy, that his grace it's is sufficient. sufficient. Mm-hmm. And so this is why we all have to deal 
we want to be God so bad. And so this is why you look at America and you see your own human nature happening here. Yeah. So, but you'll see as we get through this. So as we get into this, there's nine harbingers, and this is really the reappearance of Isaiah 9, 10. And when he starts to parallel here is he's paralleling ancient Israel. Now, when we say ancient Israel, we're talking about 10 of the 12 tribes at this point. And this prophetic passage actually is something that happened in history uh, to them. And unfortunately, it's also something that was a harbinger of what would end up being their their complete dismissal. Not only were they, they, they captured, but they were largely destroyed and really don't appear again in history. And we will go into that in another show. So we're going to leave that hot cake alone for the, for the time being. But this is not um, the kind of country, that's not the scenario that you would want to be you know, repeating exact sequences, mm-hmm. exact phrases, exact kinds of trees are being planted and taken down. You would not want this to be happening on your soil. Yeah, that's for sure. And that's what you're going to see happening. So, uh, Doc, you want to go ahead and read that passage? Yes, Isaiah 9, verses 8 through 14, which, say, which says, The Lord sent the word against Jacob, and it has fallen on Israel. All the people will know, Ephraim and the inhabitant of Samaria, who say in pride and arrogance of heart, the bricks have fallen down, but we will rebuild with hewn stones. The sycamores are cut down, but we will replace them with cedars. Therefore, the Lord shall set up the adversaries of resin against him and spur his enemies on the Syrians before and the Philistines behind, and they shall devour Israel with an open mouth. For all his anger is not turned away but his hand is stretched out still. For the people do not turn to him who strikes them, nor do they seek the Lord of hosts. Therefore the Lord will cut off the head and the tail from Israel, palm branch and bulrush in one day. Now as we start thinking about that, the first thing is it says this word comes against Jacob. Now of course Jacob had 12 sons. But then it says it actually falls because they were divided at this point. Mm -hmm. It falls on Israel. So we're talking about this 10 tribes. And so this was to let all the people know. And it mentions Ephraim. And Ephraim was, of course, one of Joseph's sons. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the inhabitants of Samaria. So this was a particular group of people in a particular area. But they were all part of of Israel in in, in the 10 tribe sense. And, of course, they're still in the 12th tribes. But it just shows it happens that they were separated, these two kingdoms at the time. Mm-hmm. And so the key here is pride and arrogance, okay? And that was the situation where that allows what is going to really happen next. So the first thing we see is, is that when a country falls into pride and arrogance, that means you're God and you're not listening to God anymore, right? This nation is losing its hedge of protection. And so he talks about the breach. This wasn't a breach of national security, it was a breach in the hedge of protection that God really had around America. And that's why we have really missed this meeting. We begin to depend on ourselves and make vows, foolish vows, mm-hmm. as if, you know, trying to explain the success of America without actually what? Acknowledging God. God. Yeah, absolutely. God's and that's important. Yeah. And you're going to see how this country was really founded on God. Mm-hmm. And that's how God was dealing with this in a very, very specific way. Yeah, it's that uh, hedge of protection being dropped down. It's the sovereignty of God. I mean, God is sovereign in in, in this cre- in His creation and over His creation. 
and he allows things to happen to us and this is one thing where this breach came it was allowed to happen because the hedge of protection was lifted and we didn't see that this, that all of our success comes from God right. and how far away from the Judeo-Christian ethic we really yeah. gone. Yeah. So the most tangible results of this, right, the most obvious breach was September 11th, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And the fact that we were attacked by terrorists, right, that, that was a huge breach in our security. But also we have to remember that these were the same people, the Assyrians, right, which... What were you saying, Kevin, about the fish slappers from the Nineveh? fish slappers? If you've ever seen Veggie Tales, Veggie Tales oh yeah, my goodness! That's a good one. But that's why they, he didn't want to go. Well, and in Joe the city, go there. the city of Mosul is this Nineveh, you know. And of course, you know, we identified these terrorists, and and who did we attack? Wait, can I add a story that really has to do with the Veggie Tales, but also has to do with Dr. Michael Heiser? God rest his soul, bless his family. But. Um, how he was talking that one of the reasons Jonah had such a huge problem with the fish slappers uh -huh. was that he was like, look, he was he didn't want to go because he's like, do you know what those people have done to Christians? Right. Do you know it, they are barbaric? Mm -hmm. They hang them up and they skin them and they leave them in the city square. He's like you. And he was like, you know, that was his way of saying to God, you cannot save them because right. he knew right. that if he had to go there, that God's intention was to save them, right. was to redeem them. And yeah. he was like, they cannot be redeemed. And that's why Jonah was like, no, not the fish slappers. Well, we all kind of do that, right? Of I mean, course, when you, absolutely. When you hear about absolutely. you know these the <laughs> uh, these jailhouse uh, redemptions and so forth, the so the so um, Dahmer supposedly gave his life to Christ. And I, like, I oh, know. no way. I know, right? I don't know if he did. I mean, that's between yeah, him and God know, and right. so forth. But even but you look at the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul was you know murdering yes, Christians yeah. and so forth, and he became the great Apostle Paul. So That's I right. think God will save, have mercy on those He has mercy on, right? Yep, well, absolutely. He's God, and, and anytime mm -hmm. you try and play Seven, God, right? you're like you in trouble. Mm -hmm. Now the other thing that he exactly what Alex was saying that these people invented terrorism because they were that barbaric, right? They were inspiring. Terror. I mean, they really were. They were trying to scare people, and they realized if you can think of something evil to do, that's what you should do to the people mm -hmm. to create this fear. Right. And so it's fear that they used as a weapon because of the horrible things that they really did. You know, And that's something that's really important to know, that the very people that invented terrorism, the same people group, are the ones that attacked America, and then we then in turn turned around and attacked them. It's funny, when you were saying that, is that you know, when you start talking about fear, I was, I was thinking about a couple episodes ago when we were talking about the uh, pandemic and how it was all done by fear. Mm -hmm. Would that mean that the people that planned the pandemic were terrorists? Yes, they were. Mm. I, I guess if we're taking it to that definition, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it fits perfectly. Well, we know the minute we know that this was not something that was naturally occurring, mm -hmm. then we know that this was an act of terrorism. That's right. Right? Mm -hmm. And now everybody's embracing that story. Suddenly. Yeah, all of a sudden, sudden, right? Yeah, we saw that this week. But to get back on point. On point. Back, is it, is that, back, to, back to the terrorists. <laughs> right? Is that September 11th was a sign that God was dropping his hedge of protection around the United States. That was the most obvious sign. That that's was right. The, yeah. Well, yeah, because that's like the first time we were attacked on soil, right? Yeah, that was shocking. Outside of the Civil War. But mm -hmm. it was. Right. I mean, and I know that it, it, is, it is still one of those events that mm -hmm. if you were alive, 
and around for that. I know you remember it's, it, you know, for a while there used to be like, do you remember when Kennedy was shot? No, that was before me. But like September 11th, like I remember exactly where I was, what I was we doing. And, yeah, and it was it, it was just like such a shocking day. Yeah. And that's when the, his other awful. harbinger was about the bricks falling. And it was the how seven on nine eleven how the Twin Towers fell. You know, the symbol of uh, America's economic power and so forth, mm-hmm. and how it crumbled in in uh, in a few hours. Crazy. And it, it was just—it's riveting because you just remember those people jumping out oh. of the building. Oh yeah. That's, you you just, just so you just can't even believe that they fell down. Kev, I I have a good friend of mine who worked on Wall Street back then, and he got off the train underneath the towers. Now he didn't even know that the planes had hit yet because mm-hmm. he was in the train going right. So he gets off the train. And he's walking up um, towards you know towards the towers and stuff, and people are all coming the other way, and they're like, "Turn around, turn around!" He's like, "Why? What's going on?" Because turn around. So he had out of curiosity, he kept on going, and when he got up to the ground level, um, all he heard was boom, boom. He saw it. It, 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 wow. it, it, it is a, a terror uh, in his mind. He said it was it was horrible. Wow, people, I can't imagine. You know. Yeah, I have friends that um, they came to work for. Um, Nasdaq after and that were that worked in that building um, mm-hmm. one of the buildings and they had to leave they're like it was just too traumatizing they had PTSD they're like we, so they came oh, to Los yeah. Angeles and started working mm-hmm. for um, a media, uh, media network so yeah yeah. well you know there was five fifty five thousand the fifty five hundred people I believe that died in that and it was just again probably the most horrific thing we've ever seen happen in america there was 2500 there and there's some people a yeah. total of like 3,000 people with airplanes and stuff like yeah that. yeah well they what is it the number of firefighters that died was over 3,000 wasn't it i don't think it was that high i think the total number of people that died because they did get a lot out and then and then they but the total number of people that died in the world trade side of that day don't forget there were other yeah. things that happened that day there was a pentagon yeah, yes. there was a plane so forth yeah Pennsylvania. I, I, I could be wrong, but I, be, I believe it was, it was uh, about 2,700 people. So when you think about now, here we have this tragedy that happens. And what welled up inside of you first? Anger and defiance, right? Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what comes out in this act of defiance. Once you realize that every success we have in life is because of God, right? And right. we, if you have a relationship with him and you have tragedy... You go back mm-hmm. to who? God. Sure. And you can see that our nature was not to see God in this moment at all. Right? Well, and we can't. Yeah, you want to, You can't believe it. It's like, oh, my gosh. You know, how does this happen? This, you know, we're America. Right. And so that's the pride and the arrogance in their heart coming out and making this vow that we will rebuild stronger, bigger, better, stronger, faster. The $6 million man. And think about this now. In the Greek Septuagint, when it talks about this particular passage, it refers to a tower. Okay? So it's this, this tower idea is another image. This is exactly what went down on our side was an actual tower. And then what are our act of defiance do? Well, then we turn around and try and develop something called the Freedom Tower, mm-hmm. right? And so this was our, our idea that we were going to come back bigger, better, stronger, faster, and we build this bigger tower. And, of course, nobody even knows the name of that tower, but everybody remembers the names of those other two towers. Right, and and what people don't realize is that Freedom Tower is is uh, an obelisk, which an obelisk mm. is, is uh, an Egyptian um, 
Phallus. Phallic symbol, yes. But Science. it's also, it's, it's there. I looked it up earlier, and let me bring it up, because I read it to Kevin. And... Um, well, and call me now, but don't right, but me where later. is the largest obelisk slash phallus? To the Egyptians, the obelisk was a symbol of Pharaoh's right to rule and connection to the divine. Mm. In ancient Rome, obelisks were the embodiment of Rome's coming of age as an empire. In the actual mm. Egyptian lore, mm-hmm. the obelisk, okay, is the phallic symbol of not just anybody, it is Osiris. Osiris. Ah, Osiris. He is the one that was, was and again, and his wife is the one that found all of his pieces except for one. And so that's where this Egyptian lore, and that mm. phallic symbol is is the idea of, of the seed mm-hmm. of Osiris, who's now the lord of the underworld, mm. coming up through that instrument in the presence of the dome of Isis, which is, was his wife's womb. Mm. Okay, And, of course, this, this is the alchemical arrangement <laughs> that's, again, the largest one in the world is, is America, right there in our capital. So we don't want to get into that because well, I know. Well, also, that's interesting, though. That's yeah. really interesting. And you talk the dome Isis, she's... She was a goddess, right? That's right. right. And isn't that like some people say that the Statue of Liberty kind of oh. uh, is a mimic mm. of her or something? Absolutely. We can get into that as well on another visit. Mm-hmm. Yep. But also from a woman's perspective, I mean, dream on. Really? Come well, on. it's not. We're <laughs> not. But like that lar- the largest symbol that's their phallus. Really? Okay. So, he's okay, a famous sure. guy, Alex. Hey, Alex, he's famous. <laughs> yeah, so it must be right. Yeah, okay. Wishful thinking. Yeah. So remember, a turd. these symbols <laughs> are not necessarily physical symbols. These are know, spiritual so. symbols. It right. represents the spirit coming out of the underworld, the going right. in. Private and by part. the way, where do we do? Where do we do our ceremonies? Where is the president inaugurated, bored into? Right, it's demonic. He's in, in the dome. In the mm-hmm. dome. Mm-hmm. So that oh, spirit comes. That's in her womb. Mm-hmm. Is when that spirit incarnates, it's and a that private is private womb. And it's not just that. That is also where all of them are buried. Mm. So you start to or see they, they, they're held at state. Right. So when you think about the symptoms mm. or of the Antichrist or mm-hmm. the symbols or the the heritage that we believe that he again is actually. In the abyss, mm-hmm. he's a spirit who's been here before. He's the king of the abyss. Mm-hmm. Abaddon in the uh, in the uh, uh, Hebrew, and then Apollyon in the Greek. Mm-hmm. He comes out of the abyss, which is the underworld, mm-hmm. and he goes into Apollia, which is the the host, which is the demonic possession. Mm. So the Egyptian, you know, um, they didn't believe their pharaoh was God. Mm. They believed that the spirit of their god incarnated himself mm-hmm. through this alchemical um, juxtaposition of this this obelisk and mm-hmm. dome, mm-hmm. right? And here we are practicing exactly the same thing. So if you thought about this, where if this is the symbol of the Antichrist being incarnated, mm-hmm. where are the two biggest best places that he might do that in the world? Washington and Rome too. Rome. Rome. The Vatican Thank actually... The Vatican actually has the a obelisk, and, a, oh, yeah. and it has, but it has the actual obelisk from mm-hmm. Karnak, oh, wow. which really? is the largest, um, you know, it's the largest religious structure that's ever been built that we know wow. of, and that was the do- That's the obelisk that they took from there. So oh, you have wow. to ask yourself, why would they put that 
at the Vatican. What's the connection? And so you see here, mm. again, this is this riddles in stone. Again, this mm. is a great movie you can watch about some of this from our good buddy, Chris Pinto. Don't mm. actually know him very well, but we, we appreciate people that are shedding light on this. Wow. So that's why this Ovalosk is a big deal. But this vow to, to do something bigger and better is going to affect what are they going to build this on and so then they get rid of this gazette stone they don't want bricks because bricks are too fragile now now we want a cut or quarried stone and again this quarried stone represents at this time we're going to do it bigger and better and that's actually what we did we went out and quarried a stone of granite exactly what israel did when we founded this new building Right, and so this is this vow that we keep making here to do something bigger, better, stronger, faster. It's pride, right? Oh yeah, and pride comes before the fall. So another sign that happened during nine eleven was there. There was a sycamore tree, and uh, during nine eleven, it was uprooted and destroyed, but in the process saved a church. Right, so. They went back through after that happened and realized they had to memorialize this tree somehow. Right. And they planted instead a cedar tree, which ties in how? Well, it specifically, that passage says the sycamores have been cut down. This tree got major press Mm -hmm. because why? It's the only thing that saved that church at 9-11 that was on the 9-11 ground. So you're going to see why that's so significant. Mm -hmm. But the same kind of trees that got knocked down happened in both situations. That's a big correlation. So that's what he's doing. He's correlating. That's the harbinger. And in fact, he's correlating back Mm -hmm. what happened to Israel happened to us because we're both dedicated to God. And it's it's happening the exact same thing, you know. Right. You're going to see the same things were said. Now we just found the first kind of tree that was knocked down was exactly what got all the press because it when it saved that that church it was just a huge deal it was such a huge deal that they took the roots of that thing and they put it on wall street and it's this big tangled mess yeah it's pretty cool looking it's cool looking Mm -hmm. but it's a big huge tangled mess of roots Mm -hmm. and they put it they memorialized Mm -hmm. the knocking down of the sycamore tree which is memorializing a harbinger Mm -hmm. of judgment Mm -hmm. and you're going to see where they put it is very important because that's also what 9-11 had something to do with and that church is also something that was extremely important to tie the two countries together united states of america to ancient israel but now we find out that the tree oh well they don't want to put they don't want to put another sycamore back in there we got to get a bigger better stronger tree let's just go with a better tree cedar that tree sucked let's get this new (laughs) seed we got to have a they picked a cedar tree wow not only did the same kind of tree go down but the same kind of tree they replaced it with right Mm. and it's really this evergreen conifer um pine tree and it's lowered into the same exact spot okay they called it a tree of hope and and again Mm. memorialized it but the cedar tree is what it's a memorial for yet another harbinger for america's destruction you see and so this is why you get into this scenario where you're like this is not the kinds of things and you're going to see why people will read this passage and they're actually going to repeat it. we're going to see it multiple places these same vows the same things that were said by leaders in our country that are a complete misrepresentation well that's what the vice president candidate jonathan edwards did in 2004 
So on the third anniversary of the of the nine eleven the event, he uttered the ancient proclamation of judgment on America. Good morning. Today, on this day of remembrance and mourning, we have the Lord's word to get us through. The bricks have fallen, but we will rebuild with dressed stones. The sycamores and have been cut down, but we will put their cedars in their place. The entire speech revolved around the vow and later showed everyone there, there how all of the things he was talking about have actually come to pass. They didn't just rebuild and they just just did replant. They built bigger and stronger. Exactly. So that's what and, he did. And he, here's so he this proclaims guy, this same verse. He comes and said, I'm just going to come here and I'm going to encourage you with these mm. amazing words from the Lord. And yeah, what did so, he so it's a, I'm surprised he even got it right, though, because every time a politician tries to quote scripture, it's always wrong. Well, he did actually get the quote right. The yeah. problem was, this is not what you would want to read in your no. country. No, The act yeah. of defiance yeah. from ancient Israel that they said yeah. to God when he was trying to discipline them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, and now what's going to go? We're going to see these more of these harbingers really start to happen. And so this is a completely the wrong context. Mm. Now, then you get into this next one, and again, this is um, this one was by um, Senate Majority Leader Tom Daschle, and this was proclaimed uh, to the whole world from Capitol Hill literally the day after 9-11. I know that there's the smallest measure of inspiration that can be taken from this devastation, but there's the passage in the Bible from Isaiah that I think speaks to all of us at times like this. The bricks have fallen down, but we will rebuild with dressed stone the fig trees have been felt but we will replace them with cedars not only was this our official response as a nation but all of the harbingers he mentioned did come to pass he finished by saying this is what we do we will rebuild and we will recover now i know that hearing that you're like oh my gosh was tom dashell in the house no that was just me reading it <laughs> so I to let you guys know he's not really it's here not tom dashell <laughs> nope i know sounds just like him but yeah. just me so remember, when God gets into a prophetic sequence, he is trying to warn us. There's always an element of warning with Bible prophecy. Mm-hmm. And here we are, a country that's, that's in defiance, and we're having our leaders literally say this. So this follows, it follows the pattern of judgment in David's life. All mm-hmm. the, all the, it, just, it follows all of our lives Gosh. that we get things out of whack, especially when we're successful. You know, and we start to follow other gods and abandon, you know, the foundations. Mm-hmm. And when when we abandon our foundations, we become we become uprooted. Yeah. And you see how these roots, okay, are going to be really, really important here. And cool. so it's really these false gods that we really begin to worship. Well, Jesus said something about a foundation. Didn't you he? think so? <laughs> Did he say something about a foundation? The <laughs> building on the rock, right? The, uh, how to know the storms come, it will not fall. Well, and you know, remember, Homeland Defense came out of what happened oh, yeah. at Homeland 9/11, Security. right? Mm-hmm. Then we went on a rampage. You know, we went to uh, Iran, and we, of course, I mean, Iraq, 
and we went to Afghanistan, you know, again, looking for Osama bin Laden and so on and so forth. So this began to drain our resources. It began to cause our national debt to rise. And it's really this misunderstanding. Now, you guys remember the cross of 9-11? Did you ever see yeah. a picture of that? Yeah. Yeah. So you remember all those those girders? <laughs> yeah, that? I lived in New York during 9-11. I, I, I was on Long Island practicing, yeah. So I remember that, and I had that, that cross they put on the news and stuff and so forth. It was, I had a lot of firefighters that I was treating that were going in. And what stuff. does the cross represent to the whole world? Jesus. Jesus, and Jesus mm. represents hope hope and salvation and so you remember that passage but his hand was still stretched out yeah god always wants us to repent that's exactly it you know the, the people that's one thing it's interesting though kev because i think a lot of people don't understand you know they look at the book of revelation and they're like oh my gosh you know how could god do this and people understand this like we're talking about the sovereignty of god and and who opens up the seals? Who's the one that could, only one that could open up the seals? That's right. It was Jesus. Who's the one who's got the key that gives it back? Right, exactly. So, but God, in, in his judgments, he, in one hand he's judging, but his other hand is opened up for repentance. Mm -hmm. And he wants you to turn back. And the majority of us won't turn back. And that's the sad thing. Turn or burn. Baby. <laughs> hey, boy, what are you guys talking about over there? Like a good Pentecostal preacher. Turn or burn. That's it. Well, you know, they used to preach a lot about hell, and we don't do it anymore. Everything's no. about your best no. life now and this and so forth. And you know what? It's No, it's not. An abundance, yeah. right? A lot of abundance nowadays yeah. they talk about. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the sloppy agape. Yeah. You know? <laughs> But there was another judgment passage from Isaiah 9.10, what we, we spoke of earlier. Effect is a pattern of judgment, which is designed to bring repentance or ultimately bring destruction on nation that was founded on God and has previously followed him, but now has followed other gods, begins to abandon the Lord's laws, and even begins to sacrifice its children. If the departure is not dealt with, then comes the second judgment. That's pretty strong stuff yeah. because that's exactly what's happened over these last 20 years. Well, and now we, we see abortionists just coming straight out. We got videos on YouTube about how to make an altar for your what? Yeah. Your abortion. Pretty gross. Well, it's, it's not only the abortion. We're also seeing them sacrificing their kids to this new trans stuff. That's right. You know, just these kids, are, you know, in these uh, transgender sing-along programs here and so forth well That's this is his other his last book the return of the gods yeah he goes very specifically into that does he yeah it's it's uh pretty amazing and uh kind of striking we'll talk about that in other episodes but yeah it does go exactly with that because mm -hmm. there's a god that specifically a goddess right Lil g that um mm -hmm. yeah that was her thing wow like, you know that, so it, it's fascinating but we'll talk about it later well, and you know, the other thing is when you think of judgment with mm -hmm. respect to, to trees and, and this being a harbinger, you think about of being uprooted, mm. right? And so the Bible really talks about that. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Ezekiel 13, verses 13 and 14, it says, Therefore, thus says the Lord, I will cause a stormy wind to break forth in my fury, and there shall be a flooding rain in my anger and great hailstones in the fury to consume it. So I will break down the wall you have plastered and untempered mortar, 
and bring it down to the ground so that the foundation will be uncovered, it will fall, and you shall be consumed in the midst of it. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So God, in his discipline, is trying to show us our foundations. He's trying to show us what our roots are, our heritage. Mm -hmm. Who are we? And you can say categorically, America has lost who it was. Oh, absolutely. We don't remember that at all. Mm. Right? And you can can see that it's just a complete loss from the moorings that have held us fast for hundreds of years. And this is this new America that they have really crafted. And so you start to realize here, you know, what does this really mean? Well, let's go back to a couple of things. The Twin Towers were clearly a symbol of our economic power, power yeah, right? Absolutely. You know, and so here's here's some history here, okay? Uh, when Henry Hudson discovered the island of Manhattan, and he did that on... Manhattan. Manhattan. <laughs> See, this is why we should have Dr. Dennis in right, uh, <laughs> And, and uh, on 9-11, isn't that interesting, right? Hmm. He discovered this little island on 9-11. Originally, it was, uh, an island was used for Dutch trading. It was an outpost, basically. Yeah. And then in order to protect themselves from this trading, because people would want to come and loot them, they began to build a wall. Well, of course, eventually they were, didn't need the wall anymore, and they took it all down. But, but the wall... The name stuck. Yep, Wall Street. Yep. And so, again, you you start to see that the British would take over. And, of course, today we end up calling this Wall Street. And, of course, it Mm -hmm. became the financial capital of the world after Mm -hmm. World War II. Mm -hmm. Certainly did. Now, what's the most famous thing on Wall Street? Uh, The New York Stock Exchange. But it was originally called the Buttonwood Association. Buttonwood? Buttwood? <laughs> is that like Dollywood? No, not Buttwood. <laughs> <laughs> Buttonwood. Oh, not at all like Dollywood, though. <laughs> so, Buttonwood is the name of a tree. And they called it the Buttonwood Agreement because they were meeting under that tree. Wow. And it is a form of a sycamore. sycamore. What? So, the exact kind of tree that was knocked down in 9 11 wow. is the foundation of Wall Street yeah, right. and the New York Stock Exchange. I know. When I read that, I was just like, holy crud, that's just incredible. That is you know? incredible because, you know, in the Bible, there's all these symbols, right? And we know that that's important what, these things happen. What does a dead sycamore that's been uprooted represent that they memorialized on Wall Street? Judgment. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you can start to see, you know, where this goes. And that's really that's really the problem. It's heavy stuff, Doc. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, think about it. You know. And again, this happened in 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 twenty. Uh, what was it? Here? What year? Two thousand one. Twenty. I keep saying twenty twenty. No, I'm like, oh, that's happened in twenty twenty. What? Two thousand one. Guys, we're talking. You know, twenty two. Twenty two years ago. Wow. And that these are the harbingers. God has given us twenty two years to repent. Well, and you look. Look at what's happened over those 22 years to us as a nation. And look, are we repenting, Doc? Not a chance. Wow. I mean, really, when you think about what has truly happened, our debt has gone through the roof. I mean, our debt back before we went to the Iraq war, I think, was $3 trillion. It's $33 trillion now. Wow. Well, it keeps going. And, of course, he shows you a lot of timing. 
Um, I am going to say that he wrote another book. It's called The Harbinger 2. And he goes into much more detail. It doesn't really cover as much of the storyline. It's not a novel. Right, right. And it's astonishing how much 9-11 and these same people um, down to the Pentagon. uh, It's just so many ways he shows you how amazing the fact that they chose September 11th, Mm 9-11, was so prophetic for the attacking of every part of our country. Mm. So it's an incredible book. But again, there's so many details in there. I thought, man, Nine Harbingers. No, he's he's got, I mean, it, I would say 30, 40 different ones that, that just show how significant this really was in, right. in the Harbinger too. So it's too much for us to really even get into I even think about that. When you talk about the Pentagon, you know, I often say, why did they make it that way? Because you think about how Washington, D.C. was put together. We have an obelisk that's as right. the monument and you got the pentagram as yes it's right? a pentagram it, with a with one arm broken yeah. which is even more prophetic Gosh, you see what i'm saying that's so crazy so they use <laughs> that's another one we won't get into i know it. but it's just so, so crazy easy. when you think about it wait a minute this you know that when you think about the, the how the pilgrims came over here and they were puritans right they were escaping religious persecution they came mm-hmm. over to this country and they colonized the country and so forth. And then all of a sudden, uh, when they're putting together the the, the nation, a uh, uh, hundred and thirty years later at the Constitution, you still had believers. But then mixed in with the believers, you had these deists and and these masons. Right. And so, even though our country was founded by Puritans, it wasn't built by by total Puritans. You understand what I'm saying? Just remember, America is like everything on this planet. Mm -hmm. There is going to be sheep and there are going to be goats. There is going to be wheat and there is going to be chaff and they will always Mm -hmm. be together. Mm -hmm. And that only God can separate the two. And that's why he comes, Mm -hmm. right? So remember, there are people here that founded this country for good. And uh, again, the Puritans wanted to found this for um, really a new Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. But as we, we see the occult come in, is specifically, you know, some of the Masons, mm-hmm. they call this the new Atlantis, yeah. which I believe is, you know, clearly the, the, the myth of Atlantis was that it was a super civilized society that yeah. was destroyed by a flood. And yeah. of course, that's kind of what the, the pre-Diluvian society seemed to look like. So mm-hmm. we can theorize, you know, there's clearly some possibilities there that we could be talking about pre-diluvian right so long story short you know we have two groups of people here that came and you're going to see that the people that were very powerful that formed washington dc and formed the streets the symbolism everywhere in our country including Mm -hmm. our one dollar bill proves to you that these people have been giving their own prophecies about where america falls sure in human history so the other thing that comes out, he wrote another book called The Shemitah, and it's a mystery of sevens. And most people kind of remember this idea of a year of Jubilee. Seven times seven would be 49. So every 49 years, the land would actually revert back. Isn't it interesting? Mm. They, they, you could buy, sell, blah, blah, blah. People got a problem. They could. It was a way to end slavery. A person could be a slave more than the 49. Right? Yeah. And they would actually re-inherit their land because everybody had a portion in the promised land. It's a reset. It was a reset. It really was. And so it's interesting. That's why usury, according to the Bible, is wrong. Mm -hmm. But this this thing of seven can also be a judgment. Uh, For example, the fact that God later on um, actually required them 
to pay back you know these this year of jubilee that they would not rest the land okay and we'll mm-hmm. get into that a little bit later um let me that's jeremiah um 29 uh, 10 and it says that the exact number of years that they skipped or missed the shemitah okay were the same ones that they were in captivity which was the exactly the 70 years and again the first great stock market crash happened seven days after 9 11 when they opened that up and that was the 29th of Elul. Okay, seven years later, same thing happens, and this time it was even bigger. They would drop a 7% on the seventh hour, and a total of 777 points were dropped all in that one day. Yeah. So here you see this idea of Shemitah, that we have not rested the land, that we have not given God his due, and that when we do that, that can also be another harbinger for, for God's judgment. Yeah, well, there's another thing you talk about Shemitah and sevens and how important, but that also has to be the importance of the Sabbath, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you, I don't know if you guys, you guys aren't as old as I am. I'm a little bit older than you, but he's I mean, we go back. Do you he's, remember when he's we, rubbing it in. He's we rubbing used to have, uh, we used to have, everything was closed on Sundays? Yes. Do you remember yes. the blue laws and yep, everything? And how we, did, we used to observe, yeah. you know, the Sabbath in this country, and then we got, you know, now that was the Christian Chick-fil-A. Sabbath, being that I get a Sabbath. Closed. I can't go to Chick Fil A on Sunday. <laughs> Chick Fil A, man, those people are crazy. <laughs> no, I mean we have a Chick Fil A down by the office, and I, I, I take my life into my hands every time I drive past that place because the people are zooming in and out of there. It's like they're addicted to that <laughs> but stuff. But it's amazing. Guy. It's not that amazing. <laughs> I like the grilled nuggets. They're good. Iced coffee with no sugar. Good. Anyway. Where are we going with this now, Doc? Now we're talking about the third witness. Um, And, okay, I want to just preface this by saying um, Barack Obama's not actually here. I know it's going to sound a lot like him when I do his quote, but oh. I just—I wanted—I didn't want you guys to get too excited. Do you have a good? Do you have a good imitation? Can you no, do Barack? I don't. I, I can't no, do it. Not so much. <laughs> I was just, but um, just so you guys know, it's not really Barack Obama. It's just me, Alex. Okay. <laughs> he vows we will re. I sound just like him. We will rebuild and recover the New York Times. That's what it said in there. In his first address in 2009 to all three branches of Congress, he said, "While our economy may be weakened and our confidence shaken." Though we are living through difficult and uncertain times, tonight I want every American to know this. We will rebuild, we will recover, and the United States of America will emerge stronger than before. This is the exact message from 9-11. It says, the answers we seek do not lie beyond our reach. Again, don't look to God. Well, that's just that they, you know, but when you really think about, go back to the day of 9-11 and shortly after that, I mean, the country was looking to God for a very, very brief period oh, of yeah. time. Yep. And then they had that whole ecumenical service, and I think that kind of pissed God off. And then, you know, and then all of a sudden the country started to fall by, by within 30 days or so. Everybody was back to the normal pagan roots. Well, speaking of, you know, false gods, you know, sermons, and um, really uprooting, you know, you have to remember a part of history that America has forgotten. He brings it out in the book. And that is very simple, that the capital city of America was not always Washington, D.C. Yeah. At the founding mm-hmm. of our nation, New York City was the capital. You mean New Amsterdam? That's right. Yeah, they, they dedicated, yep. 
So, and this is again the founding of our country. That's right. Mm-hmm. And and the first person, the first president, was inaugurated in 1789 at Federal Hall. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, and this is when they swore in their first president. Okay, and then of course was uh, Washington. So, when you think about that, you're going to see there's a significance here. But let's listen to what President Washington said when he was inaugurated back in 1789. Okay. Would you like me to do an impersonation of him, too? I'll try. (laughs) Let me put my wooden teeth in. Okay. Uh, President Washington's inaugural address, 1789, he said the following, I dwell on this prospect with every satisfaction which an ardent love for my country can inspire, since there is no truth more thoroughly established than there exists in the economy and course of nature an indissolvable union between virtue and happiness, between duty and advantage, between genuine maxims of an honest and maximus policy, and the solid rewards of public prosperity and felicity. Since we ought to be no less persuaded that the proprietous smiles of heaven can never be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of wow. order and right which heaven itself has ordained and since the preservation of the sacred fire of liberty and the destiny of the republican model of government that's right we are a republic are justly considered as deeply perhaps as finely staked on the experiment entrusted to the hands of the american people and then washington kissed the bible he was sworn in on Now, isn't that interesting? He says we ought to be no less persuaded, what? That heaven smiles when what happens? Mm -hmm. When a nation follows God, this eternal rules of order and right that that heaven has ordained. So here he goes into a lot of depth in the book in some of these areas Mm -hmm. where he shows you how we have dedicated Mm -hmm. this country to God and how that also parallels how Israel also dedicated its country to God. And the problem is, is what does he say will happen if we start to abandon that? Okay, all of a sudden this economy, this course of nature, all of a sudden the the link between virtue and happiness, as the virtue has gone out of this country, where has the happiness gone? You can see this is prophetic of everything that we see happening. And so here's the other thing that happened. When they finished this first you know, president being inaugurated uh, right there. As it turns out, 9-11 actually cracked the foundation of Federal Hall. Or where he was sworn in? That's right. Wow. Well, kind of so symbolic he, of the uh, that's right. veil being torn in two, huh? Mm-hmm. Now we have a crack mm. in the very foundation of when all of this started. Mm. Right? And that is, that's a big deal. That, again, is a symbolic. Remember we talked about the walls mm-hmm. and the mortar and how God was going to bring that down. Mm-hmm. So here we see this happening, and this is what he set forth that day. Wow. The other thing that happened here is that when they left this area, right, when they left, they actually went somewhere. Guess where they went? They went to the church, didn't they? That's right. They went to a church, and that is exactly what he was saying when he was there that this is a 
place where they dedicated this country to God. Right. And the church that they dedicated this country to God mm-hmm. was the very that was the one thing that survived the, at 9/11. Right, the church is the only that thing that church yeah. was the church we're talking about here. Well, in our country, I mean, it was designed, you know, as the as a republic and 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 uh, responsibility of individuals to have their own godly uh, relationship and once you it's the only way they're going to be governed right is by self-governance comes from when you have that governance from the Lord and that relationship well and you know this should be adding up folks you know you start to think about everything we've been through on this mm-hmm. podcast you think about everything we've been putting out and even in the last we talk about human history we talk about mm-hmm. pride and how pride goes before the fall it's happened every time it happens mm-hmm. in your own life it's happened throughout human history it's happened it's to every great government and here we are the american people and we somehow don't think that that this is going to somehow apply to us well, we've been seeking false gods this mm-hmm. whole time but we have to remember the bible says that judgment begins in the house of god Mm-hmm. The Lord loves those whom he disciplines and scourges every son he receives. And that's Hebrew twelve six. Mm-hmm. And think about that. I mean, I've told my boys, you see that boy over there doing that? And you're like, would your dad let you get away with that? Hmm. Mm. I say, well, you know what? Why doesn't daddy go over there and fix that? Because they're not my child mm-hmm. and I don't love them. Mm-hmm. But my child is not going to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Not under mm-hmm. my roof. Right? Mm-hmm. And this is the same thing that god calls us to virtue Mm -hmm. you can see that there's very there's no way to argue that the judeo-christian ethic is what built this country absolutely it's the only thing that changed the world and that's jesus christ see Mm -hmm. and you start to realize that this is our only hope for this whole society is seeing these connections of what's happening in this country to us abandoning god Mm -hmm. oh it's second chronicles 7 14 right absolutely if my people call by my name humble themselves right and yeah. pray that yeah. he'll restore the land but if we don't do that it's not going to be restored it's like that's one thing that bothered me about the MAGA whole thing the whole thing MAGA because yeah I, I would love to see to make America great again but you're not going to make America great again without God no right that's why it's make America that, it, it, again. yeah that's what yeah it, exactly that's yeah. what it should be turn or burn folks that's all we're saying turn or burn, turn or burn. and we have to remember we have to endure Endure, 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 because we're seeing what's happening. Well, and you can see. Prepare and endure. Yep, hold the line. We're we're getting to this place where you mm-hmm. really have to say, are we going to see another godly America? Will we see another godly president? Uh, will we see anything political? We, you know, there is no godly party. We don't have one, and there is not one person that's really standing up and using that. So you have to really start to believe here that there is another nation in Revelation that also seems to go down in an hour. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about the Queen of Babylon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, And you can very easily make a case when you start to look at what Mystery Babylon is and Mm -hmm. that the queen that it is made Mm -hmm. has been America. Mm -hmm. And you start to see how this, this country goes down in an hour. And yet again, that's exactly what happened to ancient Israel. Mm. And so this is something that should be troubling to all of us. And again, we recommend the Harbinger 2. It has so many details in Harbinger there. Harbinger 1, yeah. You know, we've, we've given you quite the review. 
Well, this is a yeah. great review of this yeah. this material. So you'll see this is this is something that's difficult to ignore. That God is warning us. We're acting like an ancient country that God had to discipline because it lost mm-hmm. its foundations. It lost its moorings. It was uprooted and it forgot God, and that's what's that's holding us up. Yeah, and when and but we're responsible as. We call ourselves by uh, we're followers of Jesus. We're responsible to be that salt and that light, and we need to That's try right. to do the best we can t- through the power of Christ and His Holy Spirit to to um, help those around us through this time of trouble. Remember, if we think about the end times, there is this one passage that I like to hear. And I wish I could remember it off the top of my head, but it's basically in the end times we're going to see. Whatever can be shaken will be shaken. And that is the shaking of the nations. And Jonathan Kahn talks about this, but the whole world is going to be shaken. It's not just us that's mm-hmm. going to be shaken. Oh, yeah. And so we are going into these times, and if you are shaken, there is only one thing you can hold on to, mm-hmm. and that is your relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. He is the way, the truth, and the light. He told us there would be difficulties. Mm-hmm. He told us these things ahead of time so that in him we might find peace. Right. And that the rest of the world, we know from Luke 21, that men's hearts will be failing them for fear. Sure. But we don't do this study to create fear. No. We do this because we are the ones who know our Father and we know that these things that are happening to our country are because God actually loves us. Right. He is trying to get us He's to turn back. Still reaching out that hand. The hand repentance. is still out. And I just pray that it will contend and, and as we contend in, in prayer for our country and the people. But this is quite the study. And again, this is 22-year-old prophetic warning to America. Wow. Yeah. Gives me chills. Yeah, yeah. it does. Definitely. Yeah. Alex, you've been awfully quiet today. I know. I'm just kind of like I'm in a daze. This a little bit, a little yeah. bit too. This is a. It's a. This well, was my, a. This was ear, a heavy podcast. I, I have a really bad earache right now. Oh, do you? So, yeah, it was bothering me all yesterday too. I know a good so. chiropractor in Brandon. I could take care of that for you. Really? I wish I knew a good chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you want to pray us out? Sure. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity yes. to bring more people to you, Lord, to shed light on how you see us and what's happening, Lord. And we just ask that anyone that has fear right now, Lord, that they turn to you, that they see that the answers are in you, that the trust, you will not leave them, you will not falter. They need not be afraid of anything as long as they have that relationship with you, Lord. So we just pray that for them. We pray peace and protection over your families, your health, and everything. And we love you, and thank you so much for listening. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Hey folks, this is Dr. Kevin Cruz giving you another pump because guess what? The Supernatural Junkies are on Rumble. All you have to do is go to Rumble, go to search, and when you search for channels, you look for Supernatural Junkies and all of our stuff is going to start popping up. It's great because you're going to be able to see the links. You'll get to see exactly why we are saying what we're saying. But most importantly, this is a great way to share with your family and your friends exactly why we are living in prophetic times and why we cannot give up access to our bodies. Thank you.